0: To the Moms for America podcast. I'm Debbie Kurulitis, and I am so glad that you're here again joining us uh, this week. We so appreciate it when you stop by. Every week we gather together to inspire, encourage, and educate each other through our journey um, as mothers. So um, it's always a blessing to see you. I do want to take a care of a little bit of business on the front end and remind you to stop by our website, which is MomsForAmerica.us sign up for the newsletter, which is our mom's memo, and uh, we will be able to connect with you, let you know about all the events, the resources, upcoming, um, all kinds of seminars. We have all kinds of things going on. There's so many things happening that I don't even know where to begin. So please, please sign up for our newsletter. Um, We have just great, great upcoming events and great resources. So today... We're going to be talking about a touching subject um, that many women have encountered and that is the topic of infertility the struggles and the heartaches of trying to conceive the desire of wanting to become a mother and not knowing if you ever will be one and also praying through the beautiful option of adoption and is that an answer to motherhood in your family well, if you know a friend or family member that's dealing with infertility um, and is on this journey, I want you to go ahead and share that you share this podcast with them because um, we want to encourage them in their journey and um, give them some, some options and some stories of other women that have dealt with this situation. So joining me today is Tamra Farah. She is an amazing woman. Uh, She has an incredible story to share. Tamara has worked in politics and public policy on the state and the national level as a public relations and a communications expert, a leader, a consultant, and a board member. And I'm extremely excited that she is a board member for Moms for America. She's on our on our uh, advisory board. So I'm honored to call her a friend. Uh, I'm honored to be working with her here at Moms for America. And uh, we want to go ahead and welcome Tamara to the Moms for America podcast. Welcome, Tamara. Oh, Debbie, thank you so much. It's just awesome to be here with you today. It is. And you look lovely as always. Oh, thank you. You do too. <laughs> See, we love to encourage one another, right? We love yeah. that. Um, so, before we we dive into this topic, um, I want you to go ahead and just introduce us to your family and the the Farah household over there. Tell us about your hubby and your kids, and and um, what's going on over there.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, my husband and I have been married for thirty eight years. He oh. likes to say he had to go to Kentucky to to marry me because we got <laughs> married so young and I always say, don't say that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, That's we in college and we got married right right out of college. and you know we've had a, a great journey to t- together. Of course, we had challenges like every couple yes. uh, that you work through. but you know one of the great things is we now laugh at certain things that used to get us mad. So that's been.
0: (laughs) That's good. After thirty-eight
1: years, we need to be laughing, right, girl? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So keep that in mind. If that's if you're in the other stage where you're not laughing yet, Uh, hang in there; it'll come. Um, And so, yes, and we we have two adopted children. Of course, we'll be discussing that. Um, And our daughter is twenty-eight. She's a hairstylist in uh, North Phoenix, and our son David is thirty-one. And his wife, they've been married three years, amazing couple, and he's got a business uh, that Barry um, bought for him to run. He's been wanting to work for his dad for so long, and they just work so well together, and we're just very blessed and grateful for our kids.
0: Isn't that great? Thank you. So nice to hear everybody's little bit of background, a little bit of story. So uh, this this subject of infertility, I know we were just together a couple weeks ago, and you talked about that uh, you had an amazing story about adoption and your journey. Um, this is probably more common than we know. Um, women having an overcoming desire to be a mom, and then maybe possibly that may never happen to them. They may, they may never get pregnant. Um, so I'd like to just hear a little bit about your story in, in your journey of um, cons- trying to conceive and dealing with infertility. I know this is this can be A heartache, and um, you know, many of us don't even know what to say or or, or what to do. But where did it begin? How did how did how did you come to the point of knowing that maybe conceiving children wasn't going to be an option for you? I was actually a
1: teenager. Um, I was having some, you know, female issues, um, Mm -hmm. and that took us, of course, to the doctor's office. And you know they couldn't figure it out. And then we went to another doctor and they did tests and they weren't sure. Um, and we just went on this journey uh, from going from, you know, doctor to specialist to specialist until we landed with um, an infertility specialist actually at the Ohio State University. We were living in Columbus, Ohio, where I was born. And he was able to uh, do a procedure. Uh, To actually diagnose um, the infertility. And I'll never forget, of course, you know, my dad was there when I got out of this surgery, very minor surgery. And I'll never forget, he had a little bowl uh, with, you know, water and with a little pink rose in the middle waiting for me when I came out. And it was so loving and so kind of him. And and then the doctor came in and basically told me that I had a one in a million infertility condition. And that there wow. was absolutely no hope um, for getting pregnant. And I was 19 at the time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Where do you go? Where do you go from here? I mean, what? Yeah. You're heartbroken, obviously. You're looking at your future,
1: mm-hmm. you're wondering,
0: you know, husband. I mean, you, you probably were like, am I ever going to get married now? What does the future hold for me? And did you want to become a mom? And was this something, this is maybe your greatest fear? You know, it's
1: interesting. And, you know, this is just my story because I know a lot of uh, girls and women, of course, I played with dolls and all of that. And, but I, I guess I really didn't grow up thinking I can't wait to be a mother. And it wasn't like I didn't want to be a mother. But I just wasn't thinking about it a lot. That was a grace for me. Um, Because I think if you're growing up, you know, just longing for the day that you get married and you become a mother, then, you know, my heart doubly goes out for moms that are listening right now, truly goes out to those moms because that's just that much bigger of a disappointment. But there definitely was a time when that changed for me. And it became much harder.
0: Oh, sure. So now fast forward, now you're dating and you're looking at marrying and you have to have the discussion with your husband. This is, you know, you're planning your future together. How does that work with Barry? Well, it was just truly, I mean, I hate to call it a miracle, but it
1: was so unusual um, because Barry loved kids. I mean, he, you know, he grew up as a pastor's kid although he majored in business and, you know, um, computer science, so he was very different uh, than his dad. But um, he grew up in a very big, happy church family. So he actually loved hanging out with kids and, you know, going and staying at people's houses when they were gone. So You know, he took care of kids sometimes. It wasn't all, all that he did, but he had a love for kids. Um, and so there we were in outside on the campus, sitting in the grass one day, talking, we were dating, we were not engaged. Somehow the topic came up and I told him because, you know, one of my mentors was like, you need to tell him. Right. Even before you're engaged, because it wouldn't be fair to him. Right. So I just remember gathering the courage and telling him, you know, I've been told I have a one in a million infertility condition and I can't bear children. Wow. And his answer shocked me. One of the things he observed growing up, I'll say this first, was families that were missionaries and how the kids suffered because the parents were always gone. They were always busy and watching kids be neglected. Things were a lot more that way in those decades and things kind of evened out. I know as we were raising our kids, I didn't see as many families kind of operate like that. They were more balanced in their right. ministry, if you will. But Barry had it, it made a secret decision in his heart that he was not going to have kids. No. It's like crazy. And it was based on just that thinking as as a young, you know, teen. So, you know, I'm sure it was like undeveloped thinking, right? It was right. just kind of a perspective, how we all had those things in our way of thinking when we were younger, that, you know, he wanted to be full time working hard business ministry. And he didn't want to see his kids suffer that way. So he had made that decision in his heart, which is wow. insane. because right. He has kids. Right.
0: So <laughs> now one in a million, I'm okay with not having kids. So now you're able to, you know, cause that could be a deal breaker. That could oh, be, totally. a pain, right. Um, so now you've, you're going to obviously you get married, you're on yeah. your journey, but now there becomes a desire where this changes, right? We yeah. may be okay with something at one period of our time.
1: Let
0: mm-hmm. me go down the road. And we're like, okay, now I'm a big girl. Now I'm married. Now I feel like something's missing. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but what happened now? Now you have a desire mm-hmm. to be a mom. You start discussing this. You know that you can't. Right. Um, where does this go? Well,
1: first to close out that other story, I just remembered to tell you Barry actually looked at me when we were on the grass, sitting, hanging out on campus. And I told him that I couldn't have kids. He looked at me and he said, if you're the woman for me, I've been praying for you for years. So not only did he think he shouldn't have kids because they might be neglected from us working too much. um, He said that to me. Wow. Amazing. You know, so it was really, you know, like, miracle.
0: I mean, you're kind I mean, of like, okay, I'm going to yeah. marry you. <laughs> you, I'm with you. I'm, <laughs> you're a know, good one. I'm I'm, you're about. not getting away. <laughs> There's a clue here for both of yes. us. <laughs> okay. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so fast forward yes,
1: now. Fast forward. And you know, I don't know if you've observed this, but it seems like two years is sort of like a mile marker for, for people like of marriage, two years of marriage. A lot of people I've noticed through the years, that's when they start really wanting to have kids. I, of course it varies, but So that's what happened with us, where that two-year point hit. And I can just remember one day being, you know, in prayer, just on my knees, and I was just crying and just saying, Lord, I just want to be a mother. I just want to be a mother. And just that longing. I mean, it's just a God-given natural longing that we have as women. I think when we're married and, you know, things are going well and we want to share a child together. Yes. So yes. I did launch in, and I think a lot of women can relate to this within the next couple of years, I launched into some treatments Okay. Um, with an infertility specialist, mm-hmm. you know, even, even though my doctor said, you know, there was nothing that you could do. Of course, you want to try things. Right. And, you want to go down that road. You, you want to exhaust this. that. Yes. Yeah, different things. And so I did that, all that for a period of time and, and nothing was working and then we, you know, just had to kind of accept that. Um, and I'm just grateful for my relationship with the Lord yes. because that was my, my anchor. That was my, you know, the anchor of my soul was that God was in control.
0: And that's so, how you were finding, yeah. Um, I guess, the wherewithal, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you were just yeah. saying, Lord, this is your deal. You are the creator of life. Yes,
1: and he just led me in. You know, uh, in my twenties, I was the executive director of crisis pregnancy centers, alternative to, to abortion centers. Uh, three, we had three offices in California, and then when I moved to Columbus, Ohio, and Barry went to grad school, I had five offices there.
0: So you're I fighting felt, for the unborn. So you're fighting for
1: the children. I was working with the moms. I know, so I felt like God just, you know, partly just answered. The cry of my heart. He's like, here's something I want you to do to fight for life, yes, fight for the life of the unborn. And you know, I I was on a lot of media and local TV shows and stuff. I would go toe to toe with Planned Parenthood,
0: mm, literally sit next that. to
1: them, you know, um, on the news show, and we'd be interviewed together. And and you know, so that that really, <clears throat> pardon me, filled my heart and okay. filled my days and filled. It gave me a mission, right um, to you know, in a way touch that place in my heart. It's not a substitute for having children, but you know, getting engaged in something like that was, was truly a blessing.
0: And I do want to point that out that that was probably number one step in your healing too, Yeah, is not being victimized and going, right. You read a lot that people just go Mm-hmm. into depressions they mm-hmm. um they withdraw so number one i'm just pointing out the fact that you kept on living mm-hmm. and you knew that god had a great plan for you yeah. so now h- how do we get to the point now do you have a, a revelation do you feel like god's telling you to look at adoption how do we get to that because now we know it's a one in a million we know it's not going to happen barring a miracle yes. um, so your future you're saying okay what's what's in what is here for me What's here for Barry and what happens? Yes. So I kept praying for children and I felt like almost
1: and some of, some of our listeners, I'm sure can relate to this where you just feel like a prayer will come over you. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just going about your life and maybe I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it for sure but I wasn't thinking about it all the time because I really did give it to the Lord. And I was just trying to give myself to the work of my hands that he gave me. Right. Yes, yes. But still you do, you get overwhelmed and you can just feel, Oh Lord. And just cry out to God. Like have those seasons like David and the Psalms, you know, and I love the Psalms and I've always loved the Psalms. And for moms listening, if you're trying to tap into how you really feel, because, you know, some moms stuff that some women, right. others are more expressive and, boy, if you're looking for a place to get expressive, go to this book of Psalms yes. and you will find many ways where you can unburden your heart and, and the disappointment of your heart. Yes. You know, So I kind of went in and out of that um, and prayer and just, Lord, give us the children you've ordained for us to have. And so- um, So you're feeling now that you're gonna look at adoption. Yeah, so, so we hadn't done it yet. So what happened was we were at an event um in Columbus and while we were there we met a man who was an adoption lawyer like he literally just plopped into our life and so and a friend of a friend kind of thing and so you know you have that um connection and we were getting ready to move to Michigan for Barry's job and so we met with him we processed all of our paperwork and we were like yes you know we were very open to adopting. So there actually was a birth mother um, that we connected with and we were to be the family that she was to um, release her child to after the child was born. So we're in the midst of all this moving and everything, but here's what's interesting. And this is where I think the best protection for our heart is truly abiding in Christ, if you're a believer, um, because that's the safe place. you know. And I felt like, The only prayer I could pray for that child was, God, I pray for the parents you have ordained for that child to have.
0: Right. Not that you have, meaning you and your husband, but what God had. That's right. I did not take ownership. ownership
1: of that child.
0: Okay, I felt like that child
1: was ours if God released that child to us. So it was a way that my heart was protected. And what happened next was amazing. So
0: does this mom give you her child and say, raise this baby for me or no? It's very interesting because
1: we, as I mentioned, we moved from Ohio to Michigan. And as we came to Michigan, you know, of course I go down and I get my mail in our apartment building and the old, the people that used to live there, uh, some of their mail was in there. Um, still in our box. And so I grabbed it. Uh, and, I, and one of the things was a right to life of Michigan magazine or newspaper. And mm-hmm. so they were talking about a campaign to stop tax funded abortions. So I'm sitting there on my living, living room floor and I'm reading this article, trying not to mess up the newspaper too much. And I couldn't believe it. I felt this strong desire to work on that campaign. Like God wanted me to work on that campaign. Okay. And this, this is going to sound unbelievable. This is a true story. As I was thinking that my phone rang in that moment. And I went to the phone, I answered the phone and it was the adoption lawyer's office telling me that that birth mother had changed her mind.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so I just was like, well, God, you want me to work on this campaign? And, you know, that rest of that day, I, I actually went down to that office and I ran the campaign in the most pro-abortion county in Michigan. And I was the county director. And, they, you know, we even got paid for that
0: back then. <laughs> Amazing. Usually you don't get paid for that anymore. but um, so, so this, this, this yeah. bump in your yep. journey, mm-hmm. which could have been devastating again, which you could have just stopped looking, stopped asking, stopped searching you kept moving forward. You say, yeah. God, you've got a bigger plan. You've got another plan. And I know that you are a super positive person just from hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't surprise me, but this is not something that always comes easy to someone. So I'm just yeah. trying to develop this, yes. this character that you have where you just let God, you know, keep pushing you down the road, keep saying, I have more. So now yeah. you work on this initiative. Somehow through think- here, I'm hearing you're going to, you're going to the baby, another baby comes your way. You know that, right? I have, two right? Um, but I do
1: have to say, you know, I, I was trusting God and I, yes. I knew God didn't have that child for us, but I'm a woman too. And I, the next day, actually that first day I was like busy. Oh, I'm going to go do this, you know, but that next day
0: I cried most of the day. I'm sure. And it was just that letdown. You know, were planning, you were planning. planning. And this happens a lot, right? With, And this yes. happens a lot with parents that are looking to adopt. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that everyone is rejoicing that that mother kept that baby, gave that baby life to is now decided for whatever miracle that is that she is going to be that mom. So right. it's a great story for that mama, but mm-hmm. it's hurting your heart is expecting mama on the other end. Yeah. So How do we keep going on this? What do we keep doing? I I guess this is something to 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 keep, you know, to say to our moms now, being encouraged in the journey. It's not easy. It's not easy,
1: right? Yes, exactly. Of of course, there's emotional ups and downs. And and I think that's true of mamas that are pregnant. You know, you have your emotional ups and downs and fears and worries and you know, things to cast upon if you're a believer and, and you have your faith to just. Cast your cares on God. We always have something That's we right. can worry about. There's no That's difference. right. That's um, right. So we, now, how do you fi- yeah. how do you find your next baby? How does that happen? Oh, so it's just so miraculous because I, you know, worked on this campaign. Of course, it was over after the November election, um, and then we went to, uh, to um, Oklahoma where we had gone to college, and we still had a friendship group of couples from college, and we all got together for Thanksgiving. And of course, they all had their firstborn children. Almost everyone had a baby.
0: Everybody has a baby, right? Which is another very difficult thing for for moms that are waiting for their baby and praying for a baby. And you know, God gave, did give me a grace. I'm not
1: trying to sound like a superwoman because I'm really not, but I did just try to really press in when I was sad or when I was hurting. And I just had a grace to love and, and rejoice with my friends, with their children um, and just enjoy their children. Um, so we did, and it was a wonderful holiday, but I, I will say I came home. And when I came home, I started just crying out to God. I want to be a mom. I want to be a mom, mm-hmm. you know? And so that whole week, so we got home on a Sunday that whole week. I was just praying and crying out to the Lord, like a very concentrated time of praying on and awful and doing my work and cleaning the dishes and making dinner and all that. But it's pray without ceasing,
0: <laughs> right? Because yeah. every time when, when you when you say that, and people say, "Oh, that scripture, pray without ceasing," that yeah. just means that the Lord is on, you know, is a part of all your exactly your tasks and in, in your moments through your day. So now you're oh, praying true. and yes. you're asking Lord, will, will we have a baby?
1: Exactly, and just and what happened? Asking Him for a baby. So literally that Saturday, we get back on Sunday. That Saturday, one of the gals, one of my good friends. That was at the Thanksgiving dinner. And I had stayed in her home. She's from Mississippi. I knew her mother. Her mother was an author and well known in, in their area in Mississippi as a speaker and an you know, author for Christian women. And I'd stayed there for a week and really bonded with her mom too, but I hadn't seen her for six years because you know, we went back to college, graduated, got married, all the stuff. So anyway, my friend Angela, whose mother I just told you about. The phone rings on Saturday and it's Angela. And the first okay. thing she says to me is Tamara, you need to sit down. And I was like, okay. I sat down and, and these were her exact words. Do you want a baby? Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, it turns out, and I didn't know this, that her mom, what people would come to her um, if their daughter or their niece or a neighbor's you know daughter got pregnant, was young, contemplating adoption, they would call Ruth Ann. No. Um, and oh, she's incredible.
0: Had, it's amazing.
1: It's amazing. She actually it gets even more amazing. Um and and she actually had uh, a lawyer. So she would a friend that would help process everything, you know, of course in Mississippi. I think I was like the first out of state person they ever called um, as a potential adoptive mom. So the story gets better in that on um, so I'm praying all week and um, Ruth Ann had actually gone to another couple that had already adopted one child that wanted a second child. And they said, Well, let us pray about it. Two days later, they got back with Ruth Ann and they said, We don't believe this is our child. Wow. I mean, so right there, you're like, Who does that? Right. You know, when someone wants a second child, they're going right? to Because it's not their child, it's going to be your child and Mary's child. So Ruth Ann was in the shower on Tuesday. And she was like, God, whose baby is this? And she said, My, I hadn't seen her for six years. She said, My face came into her mind. I had not told Angela that I wanted to adopt a baby.
0: I was just gonna say that. Did she I know your story? Her. No, only, I only, but know. God knew your story. That's
1: and so she um, saw my face and, and she felt like God said to her, This baby's for
0: Tamara. And you that's our son. Did. That's your son. That's our son. <laughs> Uh, and what is your son's name? David. David. Okay. I want to make sure okay. I get that. Named
1: right. after one of Barry's uncles who okay. was a Wycliffe missionary for 50 years in South America.
0: That's yeah. right. David so now you get the baby. Now you're a yes. mama. Yeah. So God's filled your heart. He's filled your home. Mm-hmm. Um, you just knew that the right child at the right time was gonna was going to come. And then God sends you another baby. Yes, and I have to say there were ups and downs when we were waiting for
1: David. Um, you I'm know, sure. we, there were issues with the states because every state has different adoption laws. We didn't know any of that, right? You know, when we and started- probably
0: you're wondering, is the baby going to really? <laughs> am I going to take that baby home?
1: I know. And then so we had a big legal thing we had to wrangle through with. Michigan only allowed you to go through an adoption agency. You couldn't do a private legal, you know, adoption with a law firm. But you know what? God just marked you through a series of relationships and events and people connecting people it all worked out. But I had to let go of David too before he was mm-hmm. born because we didn't know. Right. If that you was never going know. Out. So I right. had to lay that down too. Um but Did yeah. Did you ever
0: see the second baby coming? Did you think that there was another one that so was going we- to be that the stork was going to drop in your <laughs> in your so,
1: home <laughs> great question so four years later um barry and i had the first conversation where we were both in agreement we'd gone to a homeschool conference and actually mike ferris uh, spoke and had all his children on stage and we got in the car and we were like oh let's pray for another child mm.
0: so we're praying
1: and i have no idea why except for hopefully it was i believe it was from the Lord. At the end of the prayer, I said, "And I pray in Jesus' name for a young woman to have courage to walk out of an abortion clinic right now." And I looked Uh at Gary, and I'm like, "I don't know why. Why did I say that? We're really, we're really going very specific." I know. And so (laughs) it was on a Saturday, and on a Monday, the phone rang, and it was Ruth Ann. Now, meanwhile, we've only exchanged Christmas cards, so she doesn't know that we're waiting or wanting another child. And she calls and says, "Would you like another baby?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> she said, "Would you like to talk to the birth mother?" So that afternoon, I got on the phone with the birth mother, and the first thing I said,
0: "Ooh, getting the chills again." Come I on. said, "I am praying for
1: God's will for your child." Well, because I was acknowledging that it was her child, I wasn't trying to, you know, interfere with her decision. She just burst into tears and with, and began to pour out the story. That she had been under a lot of pressure to get an abortion, and so she finally oh. caved in, went to the clinic. But when they got to the, uh, you know, the counseling session, she got up and she ran out.
0: Oh, God! Bless and I her. said,
1: "What day was that?" And she said, "Last Saturday."
0: I love this,
1: and we love in this. India, and she was in Mississippi, but. God just did a miracle with our daughter. He,
0: God works across state lines, huh? He does. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that? And we put him in such a small box, right? I know. You know. And, I mean, look at how big this is. So now this is a baby girl. Yes. Of course we did. I don't think we knew that quite yet, but. And you still had this
1: waiting, this yeah. journey of will I ever hold her? I know, because you just can't. You just don't know. You just right. don't know. Are they going to change their mind and? She wanted to talk to me every month and we did, and she kept reassuring me, this is my friend, but she's your baby. It was I so have a,
0: this is an amazing story. I have a couple of follow-up questions on this now. How did you raise them? And and, and I just want to get a couple quick questions in here before we, our time is up. How did you raise them? Did you tell them that they were adopted right from the beginning? What, what did you, how did you approach that?
1: It's such a good question. And I I know everybody has a different approach. um, And and
0: it's different for each family, right? It really is.
1: I was, and I'm still not a fan of open adoption where, and and I know there, I might be stepping on some toes and that's okay because I respect people's personal choices if they've chosen that and maybe it's going well for them. But I find that it's too confusing for children who don't have the ability to understand to okay. bond with both a birth mother and an adoptive mother when they're young and growing up. So that's just, mm. I think okay. there's the loyalty okay. issues and all of that. So that's just where I stand. That's your I opinion, a, right? I yeah. read every book on adoption on the, shelf sure. in the library before we had our kids. Um, and so what we did was, um, we just wrote letters to the moms. Um, I think in the beginning I wrote a, Them a lot more often, and then it was every year at their birthday, just bringing them up to date on what was happening, and sending pictures. Um, And then, of course, they each wrote a letter for their child, you know, their birth child, Um, and we were able to give it give those to our kids at the proper time. But I actually, I'm not a singer at all, Um, but I've I've written poetry. I'm kind of a I'm somewhat of a writer, so I couldn't sing, but I could write the little ditty, and I had just like a little song for each of the kids. And when they, from the time they were infants and I was rocking them, I would sing them their song. Mm. And it included the concept in the word adoption. And it included a lot of love and affection. And so they grew up always knowing that. And then as they got a little older, we talked about that and what that looked like at every different stage, nice. you know? And then there was the time when they don't want to talk about that. Right, um, It's a real journey and just being sensitive to them and the sensitive to the timing so there was a, a key timing when we shared uh, the Fuller story, the pictures of their birth moms. And then as they seemed to wonder, we would always say we 100% support you to meet your birth mom when you're 18 you know, or older. And it's your choice if you want to or not, right. uh, but we support that and we want you to feel free to do that. Uh, but we just did just feel that it was important to keep the integrity of our family's bond and right. not create confusion. Um, and they they didn't have a problem with that. Of course, one thing people didn't, I'm going to just tag this on, one thing uh, families that don't adopt, it's understandable that they don't get this. But if you really put yourself in the mind and the heart of the adopted child, all they know, if they were adopted as an infant, all they know are their Adopted right. parents,
0: they just know so here, you say, are well, mom and dad, real mom
1: and dad. They're like, yes. uh, they are my real mom and dad. Correct. Because people are looking at it from their perspective instead of I the know. child's. Yeah. hundred percent.
0: I'm sure that's a whole other discussion mm-hmm. on how to, you know, deal with adoption correctly and some words of advice. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll take that on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do want you to just kind of give some words to moms today, that may be dealing with infertility; mm-hmm. they can't conceive. What would you say to them? Maybe they're one in a million. Maybe they never will be able to have baby, babies, and maybe they can't adopt. That isn't a, that always isn't an option for everyone. Um, and then maybe to those that are looking at adoption, what would you say to those moms? No, not moms, mm-hmm. moms to be. Yes. Or you know, just women listening because uh, you've been through this. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those women?
1: You know, I think this is just a key to life in general, and that is to be able to accept the things we cannot control. And I think that that is one of life's greatest challenges, it is. but it also causes us the greatest stress if we don't move toward acceptance. And there's a lot of things that, that, that applies to so many things in right. life. And I have just found, and for me, that was a journey. And it started probably with adoption, but, you know, um, then I can just look at all these different points in my life where, where I've made that choice to just accept something I can't change. And as a woman of faith, you know, I would place then that desire in God's hands. And I know maybe for some of our listeners, they've never done that before. And if you haven't just know that he's a loving heavenly father, ready to welcome you with open arms.
0: Would you mind um, closing us out with a prayer? Because I can feel uh, mm-hmm. your love for these these women, mm-hmm. maybe that are trying to be a mom, um, and just bless them. Would you do that, Tamara? I think I would that would be really to. nice to just encourage them in their journey and let them know that God has a plan for them. I would. I would love to. And I'm going to go ahead and just keep my eyes open while I say that prayer, but.
1: I do just come before uh, you, Lord, and I just thank you for the love that you have for every woman listening to this podcast. I thank you, God, that you are acquainted, a man of sorrows, Jesus. You were acquainted with grief, Mm -hmm. and we know you were fully man and fully God, and you didn't have a wife and children. You know those feelings, and I thank you that you can help um, women know that, that you enter their pain. You know their pain. You know their longings, and I pray you'll touch them right now, Lord, today with your presence, that you are with them, walking with them. You want to be their very present help in the time of their trouble. And so, Lord, I pray give hope to these moms, give them things to put their hands to where they can pour out their nurturing longing and heart. There's so many needy children, and even other mothers that need our love. And Lord, that if you have planned children for them, that you will supernaturally bring that about and give them those connections in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I knew that was going to be a beautiful prayer. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. It's just such a privilege to talk with you today about this and to talk to the ladies too.
0: Yes. So thank you best to your family. And uh, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for praying mm. for our women um, mm. that would be listening to this for our ladies. Yes. And uh, I know they're going to share this with their friends that are mm. dealing with um, infertility and the hopes of conceiving, but yet knowing that God has a plan and like you said, accepting what's in front of us and then saying yes to the things that we're putting your hands to. And I love mm. the fact that you said so many other people need mothering and nurturing and, yes. and like you said you, you you then became a part of a, a crisis pregnancy center and mm-hmm. helping other other mothers uh in their journey really yes. so thank you thank you so much Love all right be- and we'll talk to you soon thanks Hira. sounds great thanks all right well mamas if you um have a friend that is dealing with this topic this situation please go ahead and share this podcast with them um, we want to be building up moms and women all across this country um, for everything that they are dealing with. And this is definitely a very sensitive topic and issue. So remember, um, please visit our website, momsforamerica.us, and um, sign up for our newsletter. And we just love that you joined us together. Um, that I'm just so glad that we're together today, I should say. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you next week. And remember, we are moms changing our country one home at a time. See you soon.